Governor Roy Cooper has ordered all North Carolina flags at state facilities to be lowered to half staff in honor of Fort Bragg soldiers. That started yesterday. Congress is holding a hearing today on the heightened tensions between the U.S. and Iran. Richard Hawes is president of the Council on Foreign Relations. The question of whether we are safer, I myself have concluded that we are not, that this was not a wise course uh, of action, and I thought there were better ways to restore deterrence, uh, as that was one of our goals, rather than opening up uh, the kind of scenario I fear we may have uh, opened up here. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was traveling and missed the hearing. Maps for the state House and Senate and U.S. congressional seats drawn by legislative Republicans have bounced around the courts for much of the decade. Bob Phillips with the advocacy group Common Cause says creating maps is not an easy task. Having some kind of an independent uh, process where the maps are um, drawn by a citizens panel. Uh, there's another bill that has the staff drawing them, the nonpartisan staff, but something besides lawmakers drawing their districts. In arguments at the Supreme Court today, justices appeared critical of the criminal prosecutions of two aides, a former New Jersey governor, Chris Christie, convicted in the so-called Bridgegate scandal. They're appealing their conviction. Prosecutors accused the two associates of orchestrating days of lane closures in September 2013 on the George Washington Bridge, the world's busiest, prompting traffic gridlock from Fort Lee, New Jersey to New York City. It was intended to punish Fort Lee's mayor for failing to endorse Christie's re-election bid, according to prosecutors. But justices appeared skeptical of arguments over whether their convictions fit the definition of fraud under federal law. Mike Riley, NCN News. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Darren Gann on the NFL later. Richard Justice of the MLB Network on the big news in baseball. Something like a sledgehammer, but not enough for some baseball people. What hit the Houston Astros in news announced yesterday joining us now he was in new orleans last night that sounds like fun the college football season has come to a close last night's game said a lot of great things about lsu i'm not sure it said anything bad about the clemson tigers some are discussing acc football's place in that greater universe here to discuss those things and more from espn and the acc network and sirius xm former star running back and team captain for the georgia tech yellow jackets roddy jones welcome back to the david glenn show how are you i am great dg uh how are you Doing really well. Tell us about New Orleans last night before we get into the football. That is one of the most fun cities I have ever been to. And although some talked about an LSU sort of but not exactly home field advantage, I saw an awful lot of orange there last night. How did it look and feel for you during and in the buildup to the game? Well, in the stadium was much different than outside of the stadium because outside of the stadium – it was, it was uh, I won't say exclusively purple and gold. There were a ton of Clemson fans, but a lot more purple and gold uh, than, than there was orange and white. Inside the stadium, they, they all can't get in, though. So, so a lot of LSU fans were left outside. And um, the, the perfect way to describe the debauchery that transpired last night after LSU's win is just to, to, to say that they had, like, motorized giant vacuum cleaners cleaning the streets this morning um, as we were walking to breakfast. So um, it was an LSU-heavy crowd around New Orleans, and they certainly were pumped that the Tigers got the win. 
Roddy Jones on Twitter, at Roddy Jones 20. That was his uniform number, at Roddy Jones 20 on Twitter. You know how it goes around here. Our statewide audience basically is right up against where the SEC and the ACC overlap in the great state of South Carolina, for example. Do you believe LSU's win last night said anything bad about Clemson or anything bad about ACC football more generally? Or is your headline really, you know, this Joe Burrow, this LSU offense, this Eddie O team was just that good? And it should be a tip of the cap to those SEC Tigers rather than anything bad about those ACC Tigers. Yeah, the headline has to be uh, how great this LSU team was. And uh, we, we had our first 15-0 and team last year um, since, what, the late 1800s right. uh, in Clemson. And we've got our second this year. And, and last year we said this is one of the greatest teams in college football history. And I think you have to say the same thing about this LSU team. With what they did, Joe Burrow's incredible season, setting the – uh, FBS record for most touchdown passes in a season, over 5,000 yards, Heisman Trophy winner. Um, you know They had the Bolitnikoff Award winner, two receivers over 1,000 yards, a 1,000-yard rusher. It's just absolutely incredible what they were able to do. So that has to be the story. Joe Burrow was incredible last night. Um, you know, If you want to talk about Clemson missing some opportunities, absolutely. They, they definitely did. Uh, but it was going to be tough to beat this LSU team had Clemson played great. They didn't, and they obviously got beat. But it, this is more about LSU and how great that offense and that team was throughout the season. There were 15 options, Roddy Jones, to take in the national championship game. Nine different dedicated channels, all under your ESPN umbrella. Six more options on the ESPN app. I mean, I, were there even like two options back when you were playing at Georgia Tech? I don't know how quickly we've come in this regard, but if I've seen the coaches' film room in the past and enjoyed it, I watched the traditional broadcast last night. Uh, do you have like a dream branch? of this 15 different presentations tree uh, that you either took in yourself or were part of yourself or have seen in the past? So, so the, the one I got the closest look at, um, and I don't, I don't know exactly what they called it. I think they called it field pass. Yeah. Was the one with Steve Levy, Adam Ami, Dan Orlovsky, and Pat Matthews. Yes. Because we were, we were down on the field, and so those guys were kind of going back and forth uh, in front of us. So uh, that was fun to take in, and, and in talking to those guys after, it seemed like an absolute blast that they had. I mean, it's not a typical broadcast where they've got to stay, you know, with, with, with exactly what's being said or seen or, or follow a certain arc. They just go wherever it takes them. So that seemed like it was a lot of fun. But I always enjoy the coaches' film room. Of course, I, think, I thought the ACC Network did a fantastic job of programming, but I got, <laughs> being a part of that, I have to say that. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy. There were so many people down here uh, to help put that thing together. It was absolutely insane. Looking ahead, Clemson, of course, will be among the national favorites next season, will be the ACC favorite next season. My question to you, in my time covering college football since the late 80s, I have seen Miami as a national championship team. I have seen Florida State win the national title under two different coaches. I've seen Virginia Tech way high in the national rankings, even Georgia Tech and UNC I have seen way high in the national top 10. Do you believe that anyone in the ACC besides Clemson is realistically positioned to make a run at a national top 10 this coming year? Or wherever you're most optimistic, do you think it's probably going to be a while longer before anybody jumps up on that higher plateau with the Clemson Tigers? 
Uh, it's go- it's going to be a little while longer. Uh, looking at the league for next year, uh, I don't see a top 10 team uh, other than Clemson, but I see a number that can contend to be top 20, top 25 teams. Uh, I think when you look at UNC, they certainly have a great chance with, with that offense and all the weapons that they're returning. Um, and then the fact that the defense was so banged up this year that a lot of those guys are going to come back in the secondary. I look at Virginia Tech as a team that could be a top 25 team. Florida State uh, could be a top 25 team because of that defense. That um, overall, if you look at the numbers per game, uh, not great because they played a ton of plays. They played more plays than anybody in the ACC on defense, so those numbers get inflated. If you look at a per-play basis, yards per play, yards per attempt, things like that, they may look a lot better. Um, so that defense with all they have returning is going to be really good. I think a, a team like Pitt could jump up and be there uh, because of their defense. Um, so there's a number of teams throughout the league uh, that, that certainly could be in that top 20, top 25 range, but I don't see a top 10 team. Now, I could be surprised, obviously, but, but right now there's still going to be a massive gap between, between Clemson and everybody else. I still can't believe that Clemson lost all four defensive linemen to the National Football League and yet still went 14-0 and prior to last night, you know, had only given up 11 or 12 points per game the entire season prior to last night, uh, and hadn't give a, given up a quarterback three touchdown passes in a single game all year, and of course Joe Burrow had three just in the first half. But that's reloading, right? When you lose your entire defensive line and still go to the national championship game, how do you paint that picture for Clemson? As you know, Vegas already has this line out for next year, and it's many of the same familiar faces in in the preseason top 10, for example. But what about Clemson? We don't know all of the announcements for early departures yet, but we do know Trevor Lawrence is back for his junior year. And Dabo has been someone, you know, that you shouldn't doubt, certainly on the recruiting trail and his ability to be right back in the mix. Yeah, well, they brought in, by many accounts, the number one recruiting class in the country, which, uh, again, just reloading. Um, uh, the, the, the thing that, that is going to be interesting is how Brent Venables on the defensive side of the football continues to evolve. Uh, you mentioned those, those four guys on the defensive line, three of them first-rounders leaving. Well, that made the strength of the defense this year the secondary with Kayvon Wallace, with Tanner Muse. Uh, with Isaiah Simmons and his ability to move around. Now you have the possibility of you're, you're certainly losing Wallace and Muse. You have the possibility to lose A.J. Terrell at corner, uh, who has a decision to make. You're more than likely going to lose Isaiah Simmons. Uh, so that back part of that defense that was your strength is now going to be completely new faces next season. So how, how they continue to evolve is going to be interesting. And then on the offensive side of the football, I think the surest bet to leave is, is Travis Etienne just because of the nature of the running back position. But T. Higgins, almost certainly gone. Uh, so Justin Ross slides into that spot. Who's going to run the football? They have some real questions. Now, they're going to replace it with talent, but we're not going to know these guys uh, like we got to know uh, ETN and Higgins and Simmons and uh, Wallace Muse over the course of the last few seasons. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see. But look, Trevor Lawrence uh, is coming back, and he's going to be fantastic again next year. So that'll, that'll give him a shot in the national picture. Quick odds from Vegas, Clemson, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida, Auburn, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Texas. Those are the 10 teams with the best odds uh, to win it all next year. As we let you go and thank you for your time, what do you do now? I mean, you got 
what, uh, spring practice in a few months. You've got uh, another signing day, the way new rules work for college football. That's next month. Uh, what do Roddy Jones and all of his favorite college football-loving colleagues do from here on out now that last night was kind of an exclamation point on this past season? Yeah, breathe is a, is a, is a good one. Um, Get to know the wife so, and kids again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, there, there, there's, a, there's a period of decompression, and, and then, um, you know, uh, probably sometime next week you start to dig into the, to the games from last year and, and start to project forward and look at uh, what these teams are going to be. So um, uh, I'm looking forward to not having to, to do the grind of a game every week, but uh, I think it'll, I'll start to miss it pretty quickly. Roddy Jones, catch him on SiriusXM, ESPN, and, of course, the ACC Network, former Georgia Tech star and captain. Thanks, as always, for the time, man. Keep up the good work, and thanks for your visits all season long. Of course, DG. I appreciate you having me on. You got it. Roddy Jones on Twitter, at RoddyJones20. Back to your phone calls on the other side. Ian in Greensboro, once in on the big Major League Baseball decision yesterday. They didn't take a World Series championship away from the Houston Astros, but they did take high draft picks. They did find them a record and maximum allowed $5 million. And they did suspend both their GM and their bench manager for a full season. Those same two guys ended up getting fired by Astros owner Jim Crane after the announcement by the MLB commissioner Rob Manfred. Some are saying that baseball didn't go far enough to punish a team that won it all after well-documented, proven, illegal through the use of cameras, sign stealing. There's no doubt about it. It was against the rules. They knew it was against the rules, and they did it anyway. Baseball hit them hard. Some say hard, not hard enough. We'll get to those calls on the other side, 1-800-849-2761. In honor of a Chiefs fan who saw his favorite team down 21 to nothing and had been told by his friends he's a bad luck charm, he left Arrowhead Stadium this weekend. And immediately after his departure, the game turned around 180 degrees. What was a 28 to 21 to nothing deficit in the first quarter with Charles Penn in attendance became a 51 to 31 avalanche victory for Kansas City as soon as he departed the stadium. Question of the day with him in mind, what is the furthest you've ever taken a sports superstition, whether you're the good luck charm or the bad luck charm? Charles wants his Chiefs team to win so badly, he has promised quarterback Patrick Mahomes he will stay away from Arrowhead Stadium moving forward and even skip a trip to the Super Bowl if it comes to that. Darren Gant on the NFL later this hour. Richard Justice on that baseball story in hour number three. College Hoops is front and center for us. Duke is looking great. Carolina's looking lousy. NC State is in between. Wake hosts Virginia Tech tonight. Louisville and Florida State are the only other two ACC teams besides Duke that have shown flashes of greatness. Just as some are questioning the ACC football's quality depth behind Clemson, and that is a fair criticism this year and last year, some are questioning the ACC in basketball, their quality depth behind Duke. I think FSU and Louisville deserve some respect. I'm not sure who the fourth and fifth teams in this basketball league are right now as we inch toward March Madness and as we come back to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. We'll mix in some updates from the hockey, tennis, 
and college football worlds to go with the NFL and Major League Baseball and college basketball headlines. You can be next with your question, comment, or answer. Storytelling day. What's the furthest you've ever taken a sports superstition? Charles Penn has a great story as a fan of the Chiefs. What is yours? You can share it today by dialing 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show. Ruff and McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop after this. Yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. In Sports, I'm Jeff Hamlin. Alexander Ovechkin scored twice in the first period as the Washington Capitals defeated the Carolina Hurricanes 2-0 last night in the Capital One Center. Ilya Samsonov stopped 23 shots for the first shutout of his career as the Hurricanes' three-game winning streak came to an end. Peter Morozik made 28 saves for Carolina, who posted shutouts in its previous two games. It was the final game of the season between the two Metropolitan Division rivals. In men's college basketball, Sidney McGrath has been fired as the head coach at UNC Wilmington. The announcement came Monday night from Seahawks athletic director Jimmy Bass. McGrath, a former assistant under Roy Williams at UNC, replaced Kevin Keats at UNCW in April 2017. He had a 26-58 record over three years. Assistant coach Rob Burke will serve as interim coach. Last night in men's college basketball, MEAC action. North Carolina A&T now 3-0 in the MEAC. They defeat Delaware State on the road 98-77. North Carolina Central defeats Maryland Eastern Shore 69-64. LSU is the national champion in college football after defeating Clemson 42-25 last night in the Superdome in New Orleans. Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow threw for 400 63 yards and five touchdowns while also running for a score as LSU wrapped up its third national championship since 2003. Jamar Chase had nine receptions for 221 yards and two touchdowns. The final Associated Press Top 25 college football poll of the season released early this morning. LSU finished number one, Clemson number two, Ohio State number three, Georgia number four, Oregon number five. The only North Carolina team to finish ranked this season, Appalachian State. The Sunbelt Conference champions finish number 19. This is sports from NCN. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives? The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. 
To buy your home, you became a house-hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. 911, what is your emergency? My kid shot himself. All right, where's the wounds? 911, what's your emergency? Please help. My son shot his brother. 911, what is your emergency? 911, please state your emergency. Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. It wasn't locked. It wasn't locked. It wasn't locked. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, turtle. He's not here yet, man. Uh, he's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Darren Gann on the NFL later this hour. Richard Justice on the big penalty to the Houston Astros for cheating their way on the way to a World Series title a few years ago. Richard, third hour. Darren, later this hour. Your calls now. Ian in Greensboro. Ian in Greensboro. Len in Greensboro wants in. You can call us from Wilmington or Greenville or Rocky Mount or Fayetteville. You can call us from the Triad, Asheville, Boone, other places to our west right here in the Triangle. Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, we are happy to have you with us on this Tuesday afternoon. College football leftovers, LSU over Clemson. NFL storytelling, what's the furthest you've ever taken a sports superstition? A Chiefs fan who has been called a bad luck charm by his friends left the stadium when Kansas City was down 21-0 this weekend. They stormed back to a 51-31 victory over the Houston Texans. What is the furthest you have ever taken a sports superstition? Maybe you were the good luck charm, maybe the bad luck charm. Share your story today at 1-800-849-2761. Got a question about college basketball item. As my mind is on Duke and Wake and State and Carolina and the ACC and other college hoops, again, Number three, Duke at Clemson tonight. The Devils are seeking their 10th straight victory. Quick side note, Joey Baker will miss that game. Wendell Moore Jr. is already sidelined with an injury. So that 10-man rotation quickly becomes an eight-man rotation for Coach K as they visit the Clemson Tigers, who, remember, just went to Carolina and beat the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill, ending that historic losing streak. Wake Forest hosts Virginia Tech tonight. And your question about C.B. McGrath being fired at UNC Wilmington actually reminds me a little bit of the Danny Manning story at Wake Forest. As we come to your calls, Ian and Len and you, 1-800-849-2761. One quick thing about UNC Wilmington. 
If you are at a school where you are the coach in the bellwether program, you get a shorter leash. If you're Penn State's football coach, you get less leeway. If you're Penn State's basketball coach, you get more leeway. Flip it around. If you're at Duke or Carolina and you struggle in football, you get more time to figure it out. If you struggle in basketball, Matt Doherty, you get less time to figure it out when you are the guy in the most important sport on campus. Jim Beheim at Syracuse, right? Dino Babers is going to get a little time to figure out the football program. Jim Beheim's the Hall of Fame coach who has made Syracuse basketball special, and that is the economic engine that drives that athletic department. At most schools, it's football. At some Power 5 schools like Syracuse, like UNC and Duke, it's actually men's basketball. And if you're at a school that does not have a football program, UNC, Wilmington, etc. And you're the men's basketball coach. There are other prominent programs in baseball, women's basketball. That varies. But generally speaking, and I know UNC, Wilmington because it's a place near and dear to my heart. If you're the men's basketball coach of the Seahawks, you are the man on campus. Your program struggling matters a lot. If you're the second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth most important sport on campus and you're struggling, you get more benefit of the doubt. If you are the number one sport on campus and you're struggling, you get less benefit of the doubt. So there's a debate out there about C.B. McGrath. He was fired, former UNC assistant, longtime assistant under Roy Williams in Chapel Hill, fired basically two and a half years into his tenure as the head coach of the Seahawks. As we come to Ian and Lynn and you, 1-800-849-2761, you all know the other rules of thumb. If you're in year three and you're still struggling, you are more likely, more vulnerable to get the ax than if you struggle in year one and year two. C.B. McGrath struggled in his first two years with the Seahawks, got the benefit of the doubt. In my world and your world, expectations go up in year three, year four. I mean, just they just do. Nobody wants to lose forever. And whereas most ADs will say, well, give him time to get his own players, put his own system in, build his own brand, et cetera. By the third year, if you're still losing, you're going to get some funny looks and you might get shown the door. The other thing that, that's, that can matter sometimes, one of his best players left the team in midseason. His name's Kai Taze, really good young point guard. He just decided to turn pro in the middle of a, what was becoming a difficult season for the Seahawks. That's a bad look. Might not be C.B. McGrath's fault at all. But if you're losing and it's year three and you're running the most important sport on campus, it helps pay a lot of the bills at UNC Wilmington. And in his case, in case you don't follow college hoops closely, the Seahawks had lost 11 games in a row. Right, That matters. You lose 11 games in a row, part of that in conference play, 0-6 in the Colonial Athletic Association. You're not going to be judged if you're losing to the best team in the conference by your third year. That's not going to get you fired. Like Charleston's a good program in that league. There are a few others. William & Mary is really good this year. That won't get you fired. You play Elon, which has a first-year coach, and you're in your third year, and Elon's rebuilding, and they beat you by 17 to hand you your 11th loss in an 11-game losing streak, that could be a straw that breaks the camel's back. Again, you can make an argument for more time. I'm just telling you how stuff works in college athletics, and that is a big part of what explains that kind of story. One more thing is if you're at a program where nobody has ever won, well, they're going to give you more time to figure it out. 
If you're at a program where yesterday's guest Brad Brownell won there, not too, too long ago, and you're at a program, UNC Wilmington, where Kevin Keats won big there, not at all long ago, right before taking the NC State job, you're going to get less time because the administration is going to say, well, Brad Brownell did it. Well, Kevin Keats did it. It's not like this is entirely an uphill battle job where everybody loses here for a long time and, and you just automatically need more time. All of those things add up to why you see a midseason dismissal. And I love CB. He's been a great friend of the program for a long time. I am sad to see this news. 26-58 and 58 over his two and a half seasons as the head coach of the Seahawks. They have a proud tradition there in hoops at, at uh, UNC Wilmington. And the, the combination of factors that I just described is what adds up to a midseason dismissal for him. Ian, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, man, what's going on? Thanks for taking my call, DG. Sure. Appreciate you hanging in there. I just wanted to share a few thoughts on the penalties for the Houston Astros. Sure. I don't think it was anywhere close to what it should have been. You know, they fined them $5 million. That's pennies into a bucket. It is. To an owner that's worth $1.3 billion. Um, let, me just add, let me just add real quick. It is the most allowed by rule. You're right that it is pennies. Like, billionaires can find $5 million in the couch cushions, Right. It's it's Correct. slap on the wrist. It is a record five million dollar fine of the Houston Astros, and the maximum allowed. It's just my legal brain gets rolling. If I'm Rob Manfred, when this news broke about purposeful sign stealing and cheating by the Astros, y'all know it brought out you know the fire in me. I think intentional wrongdoers need to be hammered in life, in society, in the criminal justice system. Like, if you're doing the worst stuff on purpose and you get caught, like, we, we don't have a system unless we penalize you severely. And I asked, Rob, if I were Rob Manfred, somebody asked me, what would I do? And I said, I'd call my attorneys and I would say, what are the, what are the maximum allowable penalties? And I would have been sad when the attorneys came back and said, well, the Constitution says the largest fine you can give is $5 million. But you can take away draft picks. You can suspend the manager and the general manager. So I think Rob Manfred did most of what he could do under the Constitution of Major League Baseball. But I share your feelings that it was still not enough. What do you think about a college-like postseason ban for the Astros? Let's say a five-year ban. You can't make the postseason. It penalizes the players that are there and prevents future ones from signing with the Astros. I wonder if that's in the rules. Again, that's why I, I said I would ask my attorneys, throw all my options on the table. In the NCAA setting, that is one of the options, right? You know, Georgia Tech is under a postseason ban as we speak. Folks are wondering, what is NC State going to get because of the Dennis Smith Jr. scandal? You've got a TV ban as a possibility. They don't use it anymore. But college's options are different than the pro options in many cases. And sometimes fan call for this NFL player or team to get this penalty, and it's just against the rules. Like, they negotiate a collective bargaining agreement. They have their own constitutions. I don't know off the top of my head the answer to Ian's question. Darren Vaught, voice of USA Baseball, do you have any idea? I've never heard, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, I have never heard of a postseason yeah, ban that would be a in first. a major American sport that, that I can think of. That would be a first in Major League Baseball, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I mean, the suspension of the GM and the manager especially, those were rare instances. Oh, for I sure. I mean, A.J. Hinch joined Pete Rose and Leo Durocher as the only managers Suspended to ever managers. be suspended. 
And, and oh, by the way, losing your first and second round draft pick this year and next year, that's rarefied Yes, here. exactly. So anyone so, who was hoping for the sledgehammer, <laughs> you got rare suspensions of key personnel. Not players, but key front office personnel or bench personnel. You got first and second round draft picks two years in a row. You got the maximum allowed $5 million fine. So your heart may say, I want more. But the attorneys do have to approve it. That's the world we live in, right? And I, I, well, I don't know the answer. It's an interesting question. Like when Donald Sterling got in trouble in the NBA, the Clippers were not banned from the postseason. He eventually had to sell the Clippers. I mean, think of the worst things that have happened in any of the sports that we follow. At the college level, we see postseason bans, not a lot, but time to time. At the pro level, I can't think of one. Is there ever? But been? think of the ram because of free NFL agent team signings, not allowed to go to the playoffs. Yeah, right? I mean, because of free agent signings and things of the like. Think of the ramifications of uh, what Ian suggested, like a five-year postseason ban. I mean, it yeah, would take five the Astros. Years ain't happening. It would take five them forever to climb out of that after the fact, even after you know the smoke had cleared and and they were able to get some free agents. Because you know, knowing that they don't have a chance to play in the postseason. I mean, no one's going to sign there. I'll tell you this, Ian, you're not the only baseball fan who's frustrated by this. If you haven't seen it, check out an article by Jeff Passan at ESPN.com. He's broken some of the news along these lines. And he has a great quote from a team president who spoke to him anonymously. And this team president, the guy who owns the Astros is named Jim Crane. The team president said this to Jeff Passan of ESPN. Jim Crane won here. He got his championship. He keeps his baseball team. His fine is nothing. The sport loses, but Jim Crane wins. And if there, there might be 20-some other Major League Baseball teams and presidents and maybe even some owners saying the same thing. And Passon asks in his article, how many MLB owners would trade four high draft picks, $5 million, and losing his GM and his team bench manager – in exchange for a World Series title. And his, you know, hypothetical answer was, I think most of them would make that, you know, trade with the devil, if you will. We're going to talk more about it with Richard Justice when he drops by from the MLB Network at the top of our number three. Landon Greensboro, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. What is the furthest you've ever taken a sports superstition? Well, uh, 1981, my Cowboys, I used to be a Cowboys fan, Panthers fan now. I, uh, during the NFC Championship game, 1981, Dallas was playing San Francisco. That's when Dwight Clark, I think his name was, yep. had the catch. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, uh, to help my Cowboys win, I went to church. I, I missed most of that game, and uh, and it just didn't work. Going to church did not work. Did not help my Cowboys. And then about four, four years ago, off the side, four years ago, uh, Thursday night game, my Panthers playing the cold in the rain Thursday night. That's when the uh, the people uh, rappelled down and hung up a sign, if you remember that, a protest sign in the stadium. But anyway, uh, Graham Cano, near the end of the game, I was in the lower end zone, and he he was kicking about a 40-yard field goal, and I was the only dumbass in my area who raised their hands up. I like, this is going to be automatic. This is going to be <laughs> He missed it, and then – they, luckily, it was a close game, and luckily, he come back to the same end zone at the end of the game. I don't know if he can't remember if he went to overtime or what, but uh, he come back, and I said, "I'm not even." I went to the men's room, <laughs> and I heard everybody cheering, and he won. So, uh, so it 
have the two opposite effects. And uh, somebody just sent me a text. There's a young woman trying to qualify, plan a qualifying match in the Australian Open. She was winning. She got such a bad coughing fit. She went to her knees, and she couldn't continue. She yeah. started crying. There's a crazy to- story. For, for those who don't follow tennis, the Australian Open is the first of the Grand Slam events every year. You all have been reading about the horrible fires in Australia. It has dramatically reduced the quality of the air that you breathe. So even though the Australian Open in tennis does not start until this coming Monday, all of these major championships have a run-up to the actual bracket where people are trying to qualify just to get into the big bracket. So those qualifying matches are going on as we speak in Australia. And the, the quality of air was so bad that a young woman basically collapsed on the court, said she couldn't breathe, had to be disqualified. And they're wondering if the Australian Open is going to go off as usual starting next Monday when they're having trouble qualifying because the air quality is so bad. Really scary story from the tennis world for weather-related reasons leading up to this year's Australian Open. 1-800-849-2761. More on that later. Richard Justice on baseball in 30 minutes. Darren Gant on the NFL right now. We have Titans at Chiefs. We have Packers at 49ers awaiting us. Meanwhile, the Carolina Panthers are building a staff for new head coach Matt Rule and have big draft and free agency decisions to make. And what a wild weekend it was. Lamar Jackson and the 14-2 Ravens are out, but the Titans spring that upset in Baltimore. The Chiefs turn turn things around in Kansas City. San Francisco and Green Bay as the home teams advanced in the NFC. More on what happened last week, what might happen this week in the NFL with Darren Gant next on the David Glenn Show. Dabo Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man. are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. you. I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Coliseum that was built in 80, <laughs> 80, <laughs> 80 zero. the original Death Valley, you know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show. A Sport Clips championship haircut experience makes you feel like your hair has its own walk-up music. Maybe you play sports. Maybe you play sports online. Or maybe your sport is keeping up with your kids. Your hair deserves its own walk-up music. And at Sport Clips, we make it easy. A game-changing cut from a stylist trained for guys while you're surrounded by sports. Hair this good needs no introduction, but you'll want one anyway. So download the app, check in, and get your hair in the game. My fellow Kaniacs, hockey fans, and assorted cool people, believe it or not, your Carolina Hurricanes have only three more home games between now and the NHL All-Star break. Your options, Friday, January 17th, the Anaheim Ducks are in town for a 7.30 start. On Sunday the 19th, it's Military Appreciation Night with special ticket offers as the Islanders visit for a 5 o'clock start. On Tuesday the 21st, it's the Winnipeg Jets. Three games before the break. Learn more at hurricanes.com slash tickets. Friends and family, chicken and barbecue. Smithfield's Chicken and Barbecue has some friendly people eager to please and just as nice as they can be. That really made my day. My food was so good, I just crave it. Got to have my chicken and barbecue. Join us and have a good time. Dine in, take out, or drive through. Always grateful to serve. Break away from the everyday to Smithfield's Chicken and Barbecue. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Y'all know we went into the NFL weekend 
describing Andy Reid of the Chiefs as the head coach under the most scrutiny and Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson as the player under the most scrutiny. Both of them faced do-or-die type scenarios early, man. The Chiefs went down big. The Ravens went down big. Only Kansas City recovered. As we bring in Darren Gant from NBC Sports and ProFootballTalk.com, we will ask him about Titans at Chiefs and Packers at 49ers. Those games await us this coming weekend. But just glancing back, Darren Gant, what part of this story is in your eyes about Lamar Jackson being now 0-2 as a playoff quarterback, uh, even as this year's assumed MVP, versus how many other things went wrong for the Baltimore Ravens as they lost at home after that 14-2 record? Oh, gosh. Is Lamar Jackson in the playoffs going to become the new Andy Reid in the playoffs? Might. Is that going to be a it thing might. now? Are we going to do that? Um, I am a firm believer, after watching this for a long time, that we uh, often incredibly overstate the meanings of games that are kind of random sometimes. I mean, there are a million things that go into winning or losing a football game, and and we so desperately want to wrap our minds around it that we make it about the easiest thing we can latch on to. I mean, Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches in football history, yes. not just in the modern NFL. He happens to have hit some bad luck in a couple of spots or Donovan McNabb threw up on his shoes or a hundred other things happened and somehow people decided he wasn't a good coach because of that. That just doesn't make any sense. So Lamar Jackson had a brilliant 2019, was the best player in the league, deserves the MVP, and he caught a Tennessee team on a hot streak. I mean, it's just – I think it can be as simple as that. And I, and I think if we look to uh, hard for some way to bang on Lamar for this kind of stuff, we'll end up looking silly later. Here's one difference I see between the two. Andy Reid's larger body of work is so amazing that it stopped being a sensical conversation a long time ago. Lamar was horrible a year ago in that playoff game for more than half a game. And the Ravens offense was limited to 12 points by the Titans. So when you peel that onion a little bit, how much was it, you know, Derrick Henry plus Ryan Tannehill? How much was it other parts of the Ravens offense? Or did Tennessee, you know, steal the Buffalo Bills game plan? and figure out a way to complicate Lamar Jackson's job in a way that most other teams did not? I think it was a little bit of all those things. I mean, listen, I don't want to undervalue what Tennessee's doing. I mean, let's just step back for a second and and run the drone up to 30,000 feet and look at what they've done so far. I mean, they knocked out the Patriots and they knocked out the MVP and they're doing it with what amounts to a backup quarterback that they switched to mid season. Um, Mike Brable's done an incredible job. I, I was honestly kind of skeptical of him. I mean, and this sounds so pejorative because I mean, it is a pejorative, but I thought he was kind of a meathead. I didn't know what kind of coach Mike Brable was going to be, but he's done an incredible job with them. I mean, because he gave off, football vibe i mean he was one of those guys to whom football is the most important thing in the world and i guess that's okay in that line of work you've got to be dedicated but i didn't know how he would adapt to real-time situations and the answer obviously is incredibly well um so i i am you know at this point i'm a lot more this is an incredible thing tennessee has done based on a very old-school uh, path of football. I mean, listen, nobody wants to tackle Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter or the third or the second or the first. I mean, he is 
He is as hot as a player has gotten in the playoffs in a long, long time. And he's physical and he's a mismatch for a lot of people. It's, you know, as a, as an aficionado of old man football, I'm here for it. Now, I don't know how much longer it's going to last. And I don't, you know, know that it'll hold up this week because as we saw in that other game, the other team can score in a hurry. And I don't know that they're built to, you know, if they get down 14, I don't know if they're built to come back in that same way, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, things have surprised me, obviously, so far in these playoffs already. Darren Gant, find his work at ProFootballTalk.com. He is on Twitter, at Darren Gant. When you look at the four survivors, Titans at Chiefs, Packers at 49ers, do you believe that Andy Reid now does have the best team among the four standing? and Or do you believe that it is just a, you know, a toss-up in the NFC title game, toss-up in the AFC title game, toss-up in the Super Bowl? Is it that level in your eyes? Well, I, I think there's a clear distinction. I think they've clearly shown, and that, and that game was special the other day. I mean, it was it, it, it was one of those I wish I had a week to write about. I mean, they had that many layers to it. But they the difference in those guys this year is they can play enough defense every now and then to, you know, complement an offense that can score 51 points. So, I, I think that's what's going to separate them. I, I love the way the 49ers are playing. Again, it's like a, uh, a hyper version of what Tennessee's doing right now. They don't ask Jimmy Garoppolo to do a lot, but they run so many formations, so many uh, so many different looks, and they run at you with tight ends and fullbacks and multiple backs, and I, and I just like that style of football. It appeals to me. And they also play great defense. And, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's kind of reached that point, almost like we've talked about before with Tom Brady, where, you know, I just kind of assume he's going to do good things because of who he is. And um, that's another team. I, I don't think we've talked enough over the course of the season about how impressive a job Brian Gutekunst has done putting that team together on the fly. And he did the rare thing. He went out and spent money in free agency on pass rushers, bringing in Darius Smith, Preston Smith, changed the face of what they do and he paid those guys to be impact players and they have been and they continue to be the other day that's a long way of saying i still like the chiefs but i'm not going to be absolutely stunned if the 49ers beat them in the super bowl joe burrow last night set the single season fbs touchdown pass record with 60 as he followed up the heisman with a national championship with the lsu tigers is it, in your eyes, Joe Burrow will be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft in a few months, or is it more complicated than that? Yeah, I mean, somebody would have to blow the Cincinnati Bengals away. I, I saw some people in Charlotte playing parlor games today about what would it take to move from seven to one, and you start with Luke Keekley and about nine first-round picks <laughs> and Bojangles, and keep going from there. I mean, it's just... I, I, how do you say no to this guy? I mean, he he's like a less obnoxious Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's got that swag, but it doesn't come up. It's not off-putting. He's playing incredible football this year. He just doesn't make mistakes, and he keeps throwing touchdowns. And the Bengals, you know, he's a local kid. So they're not I, – I would be stunned if they turn their backs on what appears to be a gift from the heavens. I mean, they – they rode uh, the Marvin Lewis, Andy Dalton teams as long as they possibly could. They had pretty good success. 
you know, based on what everybody else in the world's ever done with the Cincinnati Bengals, they had a really good run. But this is a chance to go to another level, uh, flip Andy Dalton for something. Maybe they keep A.J. Green, and all of a sudden they're legitimate again. I mean, I, I don't know if the 12th president, Zach Taylor, is a good coach or not, but I know that if you've got Joe Burrow sitting in your face, you take him. I mean, this is not hard. You go ahead and turn the card in today. And then if you're Washington, you do the same thing with Chase Young. I mean, it's it, the top of the draft feels very chalky this year, and it doesn't get interesting till three. I know you could give an entire probably semester-long seminar on this question, but when you saw mostly a bunch of white guys hiring a bunch of white guys on this year's NFL coaching carousel, uh, does it lead you to conclude that the Rooney rule is inadequate? Uh, is there a way to change, tweak, or improve things that would allow for more minorities to uh, improve through the ranks of the NFL's hierarchy? Or, uh, I mean, basically, we have the same number of African-American head coaches in the NFL right now uh, as we had when the Rooney rule came about in the first place. Yeah, I mean, obviously there are systemic things that have to be done, need to be done, I mean, to create more opportunities for guys in those feeder positions. Listen, as long as – and this sounds so – it sounds like a backhanded slap at the guys that got hired this year, but this offseason was coaching hired by TED Talk. These guys got up and gave great press conferences, and they talked about – building cultures and all that stuff, all those buzzwords that people want to hear. And people talk about analytics. And, and it's amazing to me that a Jim Caldwell can't get an interview. I mean, Jim Caldwell does all the things you say you want a coach to do. He's won games. He's developed quarterbacks. He's been a consistent winner. He's won in places nobody else has won before. And a guy can't get a whiff. I don't even know if he's going to get a coordinator job this offseason. I know he's boring. I know he gives bad press conference, but – Press conference is what a lot of people bought this offseason. And, you know, the impossibly handsome Kevin Stefanski just gave another one. I mean, he it's like bingo. And if you've got analytics and culture and aggressive, you're going to, you know, you're going to win. It's just, I don't know, it's frustrating to me. You can't make these guys hire somebody they don't want to hire. People tend to hire people who look like them. I think if the NFL wanted to seriously change the way minorities get opportunities for jobs, they would seriously change the way they look at minority investors in their teams. Because until there's minority ownership, I don't think there's going to be a significant change in the way people get hired. Quickly on the Panthers, uh, Matt Rule, of course, is the guy. Others tended to look for NFL guys, uh, coordinator or head coach. Uh, David Tepper chose the guy who built Temple and built Baylor but spent only one of the last 21 years at the NFL level as an assistant. Mm -hmm. uh, do you see that as a large obstacle or not that big a deal? Well, we'll see in how he puts together a staff. I, I tend to not go overboard on labeling Matt Rule college guy because Matt Rule is basically Tom Coughlin youth. And that's the good Tom Coughlin from the Giants, not the bad one from the Jaguars. <laughs> but I think they're buying, and and that's that's an NFL platform that just happened to be working at the college level. And and honest to goodness, if you can win at if you can win at Temple and you can win at Baylor, you ought to be able to win just about anywhere. Now, I would like to point out a couple of things. Number one, he was 19 and 24 in four years as an assistant coach at West Carol Western Carolina which proves some things not even Matt Rule can fix. Yeah. And, and B, he really needs to go out and have, add some ballast to this staff. I mean, there have been reports linking Joe Brady 
the 11-year-old passing game coordinator from uh, LSU to that job. And and that would be swell if he's smart and knows all the buzzwords and is going to innovate modern football again. That's great. He needs somebody that knows where the bones are buried on that staff. He needs somebody to be able to say, listen, that's not going to work. You're going to have to go to so-and-so and say X, Y, Z in terms of – and all the stuff that don't have anything to do with football, just yeah. the potholes that first-time head coaches don't see. So I thought, you know, Wade Phillips might have made sense. I mean, he's barely going to drag his own coordinator with him from Baylor. Yeah. I thought having a Wade type on his staff would have been a great benefit from him. But there are other guys out there, too, who would fit that bill. I mean, honestly, if, Darren, if I'm you up, I'm up against Capers in. Sorry to yeah. cut you off, man. I mean, I, I just think they need some experience on that staff. Thanks, man. Got to go. Darren Gant, yep. ProFootballTalk.com, back after this throwback justice league you know batman wonder woman superman aquaman if there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life aquaman is your guy zay jones is dominating the three cone drill aquaman is dominating the talk to porpoises drill this is the david glenn show In sports, I'm Jeff Hamlin. Alexander Ovechkin scored twice in the first period as the Washington Capitals defeated the Carolina Hurricanes 2-0 last night in the Capital One Center. Ilya Samsonov stopped 23 shots for the first shutout of his career as the Hurricanes' three-game winning streak came to an end. Peter Morozik made 28 saves for Carolina, who posted shutouts in its previous two games. It was the final game of the season between the two Metropolitan Division rivals. In men's college basketball, Sidney McGrath has been fired as the head coach at UNC Wilmington. The announcement came Monday night from Seahawks athletic director Jimmy Bass. McGrath, a former assistant under Roy Williams at UNC, replaced Kevin Keats at UNCW in April 2017. He had a 26-58 record over three years. Assistant coach Rob Burke will serve as interim coach. Last night in men's college basketball, MEAC action. North Carolina A&T now 3-0 in the MEAC. They defeat Delaware State on the road 98-77. North Carolina Central defeats Maryland Eastern Shore 69-64. LSU is the national champion in college football after defeating Clemson 42-25 last night in the Superdome in New Orleans. Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow threw for 400 63 yards and five touchdowns while also running for a score as LSU wrapped up its third national championship since 2003. Jamar Chase had nine receptions for 221 yards and two touchdowns. The final Associated Press Top 25 college football poll of the season released early this morning. LSU finished number one, Clemson number two, Ohio State number three, Georgia number four, Oregon number five. The only North Carolina team to finish ranked this season, Appalachian State. The Sunbelt Conference champions finish number 19. This is sports from NCN. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Imagine being fired because of who you love. 
Imagine being denied medical treatment because of who you marry. Imagine being evicted because of who you are. Millions of Americans don't have to imagine this. They have to live it. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against LGBT people. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> we want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. I can't believe he found them. He seemed sorry. We very clearly told him not to look up there. I'm honestly impressed that he was able to do it. Right? What, did he balance on that big chair? Or... Yeah, I mean, I guess he'll just know what his gifts are this year. I really thought we had hidden them well. If they can find their presence, they can find a gun. 911, what is your emergency? Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and nfamily Fire. The Houston Astros went from winning the World Series a couple years ago to get, getting one of the worst sets of sanctions in MLB history. Some other teams say it wasn't enough. The longtime baseball writer, Richard Justice, now with the MLB Network, joins us next on The David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is the David Glenn Show. NCN News, I'm Bruce Farrell. The House poised to send the articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump to the U.S. Senate. More now from CBS News correspondent Bill Rakoff. House Democrats say they'll vote tomorrow on managers who would lead the prosecution of the president. They will then forward the impeachment articles to the Senate, where Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has called them political theater. They pulled the plug early because the facts were never the point. 
The point was to check a political box. The trial in the Senate will start next week. It could last anywhere from three to five weeks. Bill Rakoff, CBS News, Capitol Hill. It appears the state Senate in Raleigh will not be voting to override a veto of the state budget. The conflict continues to arise around Governor Roy Cooper's desire for Medicaid expansion and issues over teacher pay raises. Mark Jewell with the North Carolina Association of Educators says stagnant wages are affecting teachers' ability to do their jobs and pay their bills. You know, we also talk about our lowest paid workers. That's our best, our best driver in cafeteria workers, teacher assistants that are, you know, um, maybe making, uh, you know, $20,000 a year. And speaking to reporters of the General Assembly this morning, State Senate Leader Phil Berger says Democrats are following marching orders from the governor's mansion. I don't believe the governor is serious about negotiating a teacher pay raise. Uh, he knows and has acknowledged it's impossible to do so in isolation. His contrary, to re his contrary requests at the present time are, in my view, cynical political posturing. Some supporters of President Trump lining up today to make sure they would have a spot inside the Milwaukee Arena where the president hosting a rally tonight. Trump is uh, making his first 2020 appearance in a state considered crucial and a battleground in the race for the White House. Army Corps of Engineers will award $281 million to an area impacted by Hurricanes Matthew and Florence. The Corps will release $237 million to Surf City, Topsail Beach, and $44.5 million to Carteret county to pursue damage reduction projects you're listening to ncn news